It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. To the Utah Puck Report, we're still in the uh, COVID editions. COVID, and I'm your host Jay Stevens. We've got with us our unofficial co-host Jordan Parisi. Jordan, how are you? Doing well today. How are you? Uh, things are things are good. Things are good. Uh, special guest, and uh, it's I think you guys have a similar uh, similar experience anyway. Both uh, North Dakota goalies. We've got Aaron Dell, former Utah Grizzly and current San Jose Shark. Aaron, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. I know you and I have been talking about getting on, getting you on the show for over a year, and uh, yeah. seems like you're always you're always busy, and then trying to balance that with my fire schedule, and then Jordan's busy, and he's so it's just been like it's just been crazy trying to get you on the show. But man, I think you have so much to to share with the Utah market, and I I know you were only here for a couple of years, but you have. Like when you were here, you kind of stole the show and everybody like it was you and Igor Bobkov and yeah. everybody loved, everybody loved both of you. And I just, you just related so well to Utah and what a typical Utah hockey player goes through to make it to the, you know, to whatever level they make it to. It's a non-traditional path. So um, I just want to talk. So where are you originally from? I'm from Calgary. Calgary. Okay. Yeah. And how does it, how does a Calgary, goaltender end up playing American college hockey because aren't you typically pressured to play in the dub or play the CHL yeah I mean I have a, a lot of guys he, he, there's a lot of uh, dub teams around the, the Calgary area so that was you know everybody's everybody's goal growing up but you know I was a little bit smaller and there was a, a lot of good goalies in the area at the time so uh, you know I, I didn't really get looked at it in the dub draft and stuff like that. So I uh, ended up having to go the college route and it ended up being uh, a way better route for me. Where did you play your juniors at? <clears throat> uh, in Calgary, actually. Okay. Yep. Okay. And tell me, um, we were talking to Jordan earlier this week about why he picked North Dakota. And uh, can you go a little bit about what made that decision for you? I mean, it's, one of the best for sure uh, the best facilities I think I've I've seen still to this point so uh yeah I mean it's it's a great place it's, it's the, the only thing there so so hockey's a, a big priority and then uh yeah the the coaching staff and stuff that was there were uh were really great uh and yeah I think it's better than most NHL facilities and and things like that yeah that's what I hear Jordan you confirm with that? I mean, like, you've played around the world a little bit now. Have you seen a better hockey facility than Ralph Ingles did? Uh, I haven't been into any of the newer rinks, but at the time, I mean, no. There was there was nothing at that time when I was there. I know that uh, some places like 
UMass Amherst was uh, in the process of building one or had just built one. Um, but otherwise, around the country, I mean, that's what Ralph Engel said is he just went around to every NHL rink in the league, picked out all of the best things that there were in each one of those rinks, and then put them into uh, at University of North Dakota. And it was actually really interesting. I, I went there again probably in 2013, 2014. And Aaron, I, I, you may have already left by this point, but they had redone the locker room. So it was like they actually made it smaller in there now. And yep. uh, and so, and they made it in more of like, I would say kind of an egg shape or an oval shape so that people yep. were, you know, more facing each other and closer to each other and everything. Um, and it was actually, you know, when we were there, it was just this giant open rectangular room uh, yeah. where, you know, if like I couldn't even speak to any of my defensemen because they were, 40 feet away from me yeah. um but uh yeah then when I went back I mean they put like three or four million dollars down in the basement and then because if you remember when we were there people that were just kind of like observing the game could walk you know we had our locker room and then across the hallway we had uh the like stick room and everything and so you'd be yeah. sitting there and you'd be like in between periods and there'd be people walking around with pop and popcorn down there like, what is oh, yeah. happening right now um, so they like, they like close the entire thing off now and it's, it yeah. is absolutely tremendous. Yeah, it's, it's great. I, I went back, uh, I think a couple of years after I left and after they had changed it all, I, I was lost down there. It's a yeah. completely changed around again. And they, they have this really cool room down there now where um, it's kind of like the recruiting room and you flip on a light switch and, and the glass like uh, goes completely like fogged or smoked. Yeah. And then they sit there and they talk to the patient or talk to the patient, talk to the, uh, the parent and, and the kids. <laughs> Sorry, that's my medical stuff. Um, talk, to, talk to the kid and the parents and everything. And the kid finally says, oh, you know, I don't really know if I want to be here. And they like flip that light switch and that wall goes away. And then it's all of the people that have ever been drafted or played professionally or in the NHL, like a, an entire wall behind this. And the kid's like, yeah, I'm going to go here. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's cool to hear some of the recruiting stories and that. And the, the history of North Dakota, I mean, it's such an amazing program. And I was glad to just be around it, even though I, I was just junior college down the road a ways. But um, just to see some of the guys and see some of the game. Uh, and then, Jordan, when you and Zach were there coming up and you're going through that, I remember going through that stick room with you guys and just kind of getting lost. And you guys had your own keys to get wherever you wanted. Whenever yeah. I was just so amazed at that building. And what a recruiting tool to have for that program. Um, Aaron, you were a fighting Sioux, correct? I don't remember I was, what you yeah. mentioned. So have they had to go through? And for those that don't know, I mean, it's like everywhere you looked, there was a Fighting Sioux logo, and the seats had Fighting Sioux logos in them. And then the NCAA said, no, you have to change that, and you got to be Fighting Hawks now. And, and it was almost a civil war up there. And then, then they had to change all those logos. So Eric, have you gone back or have either of you gone back and seen since they've had to cover or change those logos? I haven't since the, since they've changed it to the fighting Hawks. I was there while they were kind of in limbo between having one name or another. So I, I haven't seen if they've covered a whole lot yet. I think they might've taken one of the names off of the side of the building. That was maybe all they had done. Oh, okay. Jordan, have you seen any of the changes yet? No, I'm not. I, uh, I haven't been up there in, in quite some time. I think the last time I was there was probably in 2000, 2014, 2013. 
and I can't remember what year they changed everything, but um, I had I have not uh, I haven't seen kind of what has happened to the ring since then at all. Okay, and uh, where's your heartburn on the uh, fighting Sue fighting Hawks? Where do you guys stand on that? <laughs> Dude, I've, the last year I played was the last year that they were still the Sioux, so the, that's what they'll always be to me. Yeah. Yeah. Jordy? I, uh, I, I don't know any of the background beyond, you know, the when people try to get all fired up about it. And, um, but I, to anybody that was there or anybody that knows that tradition, I mean, it's always going to be the Fighting Sioux, and it's always going to be, you know, you go into games and they say home, you know, at the end of the uh, national anthem. And they're always going to scream Sue at the end. And there's always going to be people wearing their Sue jerseys. That, like that tradition right. is never going to die. Right. So um, that, I mean, that's where I stand too. There's, there's no way that I would ever say that I played for the fighting hog. So he was always the fighting Sue. <laughs> well, I don't know for sure, but I've heard it's still easier, even though they tried to get rid of all of it. Like you go to the shills or you go into the Walmart in Grand Forks and it's still easier to get a Sue Jersey than it is to get a fighting Hawks jersey, even though they've tried so hard to get rid of it. Nobody buys the, the Hawks right. stuff. So anyway, I, I didn't want to get too far off on that. So Aaron, you have a, you have a good college career. And I think like you were saying before, it, the knock on you is that maybe you were too short. Is that what, is that what was happening? Yeah, I think that, you know, I still get that here and there as well. I'm one of the smaller goalies in the league now too. And, how tall are you? Six feet. Okay. Six feet yeah. is one of the smallest goalies in the NHL. Can you imagine yeah. Darren Penning? Or I know. Oh, that's crazy. Okay, so you're six feet. You're, you're getting knocked for being short, which that's not short. And now it's time to, to go pro. What are your options? Uh, well, when I came out of college, it ended up being the lockout that year. Oh, yeah. So, you know, everything kind of funneled down and – you know, all the guys on entry levels and stuff went down and played in the American League, which pushed other guys down. And uh, I ended up signing in uh, Allen in the Central League that year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there was still – we played against uh, Chip Chura and, and David Schlemko were in the league at the time. And we actually had Alec Martinez from L.A. for a handful of games, so – Wow. I mean, it was it was still good quality hockey at the time there when, you know, I, I don't think people gave it as much credit as it deserved to, at that point. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that was the thing is when it got locked down and there was that push down, there was all the hockey at the lower levels went up. And it was, I mean, here with Utah, we had Trevor Lewis and uh, Riley Armstrong and Colby Armstrong and uh, there was another guy that played for the Devils, but I mean, we had really good talent here all of a sudden too at the East Coast level. It was, it was yeah. so much fun to watch and be a part of. Um, so in Allen, things went really well for you. And yeah. It, and it's good hockey, and you like started really making a name for yourself. Was that the season that you guys won the championship? It was, yeah. And uh, your your goalie of the year, or your MVP of the – I can't remember how many – I mean, you got a lot of accolades coming out of that. It started really getting put on people's radar off this. Yeah, I, I can't remember what they were. It was a while ago now. But uh, I, I think I had the uh, the goalie of the year or whichever the, the award was they called it that year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of an exciting year. I, I was a little bit uh, worried about how things were going to go going into that one. It was kind of <laughs> up in the air with the lockout 
going on and stuff like that. So I, uh, I was a little worried to start that one. Then, you know, partway through the year, I ended up uh, playing a, a regular amount of games, and yeah, it was it was kind of a crazy ending to to that one. We ended up in Game Seven overtime victory for the win. <laughs> oh, I I had no idea it went to Game Seven. Yeah, that's awesome. Aaron, what was the All process right. for you leaving early from UND? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, we had uh, Zane Gothberg, well, McIntyre now, who was uh, coming in as well. And uh, Clark Saunders was also coming in from Alabama Huntsville. And uh, yeah, I just kind of figured it was uh, time to go. And I, I talked with with Dave Haxtall and we kind of figured that out. And then uh, we said, he's like, you know, these guys are going to be coming in and, uh, you know, I got to give them a shot. And I was like, well, uh, no, I don't really want to split time at this point. So maybe I'll uh, just try and <laughs> move on. At, at, and that's, uh, a nice, that's a nice conversation with Hack. Yeah. <laughs> that's That's kind of how it went. Okay. So, and, and that's another thing that makes this impressive. And I'm Jordan, I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it's that, um, you know, they're, they're basically telling you, Hey, we're bringing in these other kids and they're going to play and you're going to play less. And obviously that's not what you want to hear as you're getting older. You want all the games you've been there long enough. It should be, you know, it's seniority, right? It's my yeah. turn. I should get the game. So, um, I, I just, your story's so awesome because, well, I, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't awesome at the time. And, it probably, you know, when guys are telling you, hey, you're too, at six feet tall, you're too short. I go play in the central instead of staying here. That's like, and then to be where you're at now. Um, okay, so you win the championship, and now you find your way to Utah. Is that, yeah. did it go right from Allen to Utah? Yep. And that's kind of where I first started meeting you and finding out your story. And um, tell us about coming to Utah and what you, had you heard of Utah? Like, did you know what to expect coming here? Uh, but I didn't really. Uh, it's it's one of those spots that you know if you're not from the U.S. you don't really know much about it. But nope. uh, yeah, it, it actually ended up being a lot like home. So uh, yeah, you got the Park City and stuff in there. It was you know kind of like Banff for for me where I was from, and yeah, it ended up being actually a lot like Calgary. And uh, I I really liked it there. Uh, people were really nice and, and everything like that too. So just the, uh, the area and things like that were, were really great. And then, uh, I still talk to a couple of the guys that I played with there every, every once in a while. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good experience for me. I, def I definitely really liked it there. Um, how long were you here? Um, I was there for one season. I signed for another one and then I ended up, signing in Worcester and yeah. then they they traded me to Allen so that I could go back and forth within their system okay so and I, I remember a little of that going on but man it just seemed like uh you came in and at the beginning of the year as as the evog I kind of get the the layout and they told me they said okay we have this guy Igor Bobkov uh the Ducks are pretty fond of him we're bringing in this other guy we expect Bob Cox to get a lot of call-ups and we expect Dell to play a majority of the games. And then, so you'll be coming in and you'll be, you'll be 
backing up Dell. So that was kind of the, the roadmap I was given at the beginning of the year. And it seemed like maybe five, 10 games into the season, you were already getting call-ups or getting looks from other AHL teams. So I'd get called and be like, all right, you need to come to the rink. And I'd be expecting to finally meet you. And it would be Igor or I think was Jimmy Spratt called in that? Cause you guys were both yeah. getting called up. You guys were both tearing it up and it ended up like, I ended up getting like, I think 20, 25 games that year. Cause you guys were both just tearing it up. And it was kind of becoming obvious that you weren't going to be in the East coast that long, at least to the coaching staff. They, they didn't think that you would be sticking around that long. And the fan, the fans here for the, I don't know how many games you played, but the fans here were really starting to like both of you a lot and really like, Oh, with these two goaltenders, we're, we've got it made. The Ducks have really done well for us in bringing in these two goaltenders. And, like, you guys were both just never here. Is, yeah. that, how, is, that, how, is that how you felt? But yeah, that's kind of how it felt. I've, I think for the first little bit, I was I was there pretty regularly. I, think I went to a training camp in, in Norfolk. And then uh, I think a week later, they – called me back up for like a couple of days or something like that and then sent me back down and then I was I felt like I was there for a decent amount of time after that but then awesome. uh, yeah I kind of bounced around a few teams after that for a while yeah and that's that was the 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 weird thing about you and that some people don't understand is you weren't signed by the Ducks you were signed by the Grizzlies so you had the opportunity which is kind of rare in hockey to get called up to other AHL teams. It wasn't yeah. just San Diego. It was, you know, like you got called up to at the time. Yeah. Okay. And that was the only one. And then at what point did the Sharks come on the radar? Uh, they were after that season. So that year I was with Norfolk, who was with the Ducks. I was with Manchester, who was with the Kings. And then Abbotsford, who was with the Flames. So just kind of yeah. all over, all over the country. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's unique. I mean, it might not be cool for somebody that has to live out of a suitcase and go to all these yeah. places, but it's, you know, you get an opportunity to check out all these other organizations and coaching staffs and, and to show your stuff for all It's like, you know, you're trying out basically every time you get called yeah. up to the A and uh, you know, you had your, your family in tow and your dogs. And I remember, uh, like, I, I just, I don't know. It was just awesome to see you going around and getting called up. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. (laughs) 
So let's talk a little bit about before we go into to the the NHL and how that's going right now. I want to talk about your selection of gear, and because I asked people, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna we're gonna be interviewing Arendelle, and what questions do you have for him?" And undoubtedly, the text messages I get are, "How does he how does he pick his gear? What's the deal with Captain America for the Canadian?" <laughs> and like, do you just sit down with uh, with Joss from Brian's and go over stuff, or do you have stuff in your head already? Uh. A, a little bit of, of both. I have a, a buddy who he played junior A with me in Calgary for a little bit who went to school for graphic design. And he uh, he really has similar taste as me in, in gear. So I uh, I came to him one day. I was like, I want to make you know a, a shark-themed pad that doesn't look like a tacky shark pad you know yeah so i was like i want it to be kind of uh kind of somewhat simple but also not necessarily like just a logo stamped on there so i, I was like I, I want you to design your own kind of shark that's not necessarily a logo based shark and he's like all right now I'll, I'll get on that and he gave me like 25 different options on them so and he's like well pick one of these and then i'll i'll dial it in a little bit after that and so that's how i uh the ones i wore last year and uh, the black ones from this year i that's how i ended up with those and the the other designs mostly i'd uh i'd sit down with uh with jaws he he'd send me uh you know a couple ideas of what he thought and then you know i'd, I'd tweak them here and there and then we'd end up on a, a final product there yeah do you get really crazy on custom stuff or do you just have just where they have the straps are fine or i mean because some goalies are really particular like jordan was pretty particular with with stuff um but are you where are you at with that and the the strapping stuff i don't really change a whole lot it's i don't know it's all kind of the same from when I switched to Brian's. So I've, uh, I haven't changed a whole lot that way. So it's, I don't really need to make too many changes to, to stuff like that. I think, uh, I gave him what I wanted structurally from the pad originally. And I think he just has been giving me the same thing every time. I can't even remember what that was now. <laughs> so I'm pretty consistent with that. Um, so, the black pad this year is called the Stealth. So yep. And that pad, like, just lit up goalie gear slots. Like, that was <laughs> – when that when that got leaked on Brian's Instagram page, it just lit up. And now, have you seen all the copycat pads? Are you on goalie gear slots? Do you see all the copycat uh, yeah. pads? Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of them, yeah. That's pretty cool. Jordan, how come you never went real nuts with equipment? Like you never see the real going to the design. No, I think uh, I think what had happened was I I switched. So when I when I went from the USHL to college, the USHL at the time was they had a contract with Louisville, so everybody had to wear some sort of Louisville pad. And so my first year in college was a Louisville uh, Bionic or something terrible. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just I like try to, cinch, try to cinch those things on as tight as you possibly can to your legs and letter box. So um, I wore those guys for my first year. And then I don't know how I got introduced to uh, Coho, but then I went Coho and then Coho was bought by Reebok. And I just kind of stayed with them for, I tried a, I tried a set of, uh, of Von Visions at one point. And they were just very different from what I was used to. Like I was at the time, um, and you know, gear has come along so far. I mean, I remember my first set of, of Louisville pads, like there wasn't even a knee stack in it. It was just yeah. basically, you just hope to God that you don't slam your knee on the ice. And it like, <laughs> and, you know, so, and then, and then all of a sudden, um, went to Coho and they started having the knee stacks. And then when I went to Vaughn or when I tried Vaughn, it seemed to me like I, I never, I lost that kind of that angle from a higher knee to a lower ankle. Like it, like my leg was like straight across and it was causing a lot of problems for me personally. Um, just looked like how my hips felt and everything. And then I, I, I just kind of stayed with, uh, with Coho and, um, and Reebok from that point forward. And, you know, once I started, once I started floating around in Europe and getting into the leagues that I wasn't really having the best time in the world, app uh then <laughs> yeah. you, you can stop you basically aren't uh you're not given the option for a lot of particulars on your equipment so you just kind of get whatever is in the you back get what you get. Yeah. Yeah, right. well i remember one year in college you're like hey they're not buying me i'm not getting another chest pad what can i like i remember having to send you sample pads and try to, try to well you know the, somebody the, wasn't the, buying stuff so. The funny thing is, and, and um, Aaron, I hope that they took better care of you, but before I got there, they weren't giving guys a second set of gear. Um, so you got your stuff at the beginning of the year, and that was it. And whether your gloves were breaking or blockers or chest protectors or pads or whatever breaking down, you weren't getting new stuff. And uh, so my finally, my third year, um, they started buying um, more than one set of gear for the goalie each year and um so aaron you're welcome if you got three or four sets of gear there. <laughs> i think i only got one set but two sets of gloves i think okay. that's the deal yeah okay um but yeah so I, I i didn't really have a lot of room or we didn't really have a lot of room to do any of that stuff in college and then at pro um my first couple of years in the american league everything was great then i went overseas um my first two years overseas were fine and then after that everything kind of you know, it was just the direction of the career or direction of the leagues and the way that my career went after a couple surgeries and things. And, and all of a sudden you don't get stuff anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's how it goes. But, uh, yeah. at, least, at least there were those times you did get stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, and, then, and then all of a sudden, like you get done playing and it's like, you know, you want to go and skate with your buddies or something and your old skates are gone and then you have to buy your own skates. You're like, what is it? I've never done this. These things are way too expensive. That was a box, yeah. You just had that experience, right? Wasn't that just like a month ago? You're like, I had to go buy my own skate. I had to go buy player skates, and yeah, they were uh, they were like eight hundred bucks or something. Were just absolutely obnoxious. Yeah, welcome to not being a pro. Yeah, yeah. All right, so so Aaron, um, with sharks get in your sights, uh, and you you go in and you're you just kill it. Like every time. You seem to have the opportunity, and, and your name starts coming up all the time. I, I don't know how much you hear it or if it's if I just seem to pick it out when announcers say it, but when people start talking about trades or they start talking about um, goalies that are up and coming that are backups that shouldn't be backups, your name starts popping up right from season one. And 
do you do you hear that? Do you know that that's going on? Uh, a, a little bit, but I think uh, being in the middle of it, I think I miss a, a decent amount of it, but I still catch it, you know, here and there. You have an agent that calls you and says, "Hey, you're, you know, just keep doing well," or you just catch it on Sports Center. Or... Yeah, he's uh, my my agent's pretty good about it. He always uh, he's always like, "You just play, and I'll take care of the other, the other stuff." And then uh, I think I think that seems to be working pretty good for us. It helps me not uh, get distracted by stuff like that. Right, and that's and that's I guess that's the best approach to it is. You know, I don't know how that part works. I, I've been in the pro locker room long enough to see that I can see how guys wouldn't know what's going on because you get so caught, you get to the rink and maybe you're watching hockey on TV or maybe you're not. A lot, it seems like a lot of times the guys are, are not, they're, they're trying not to watch what's going on and they're trying to focus on, I'm going to get into practice. Like sometimes they'll go in and the TV screens have baseball on or whatever, just because they want to focus on their life and, and not get caught up in that stuff so that they don't get distracted. And yeah. then, you know, you guys stay so busy that I can see how maybe you wouldn't hear about that stuff. But um, this year, phenomenal season for you. It just sucks that this, this happened. Um, oh, but I, I still have to go back to the thing, because that was actually a question I got asked, is why Captain America? Like, what's – what? because you had a Captain America mask, correct? Yeah, it, it wasn't actually uh, Captain America. I know it looked like it. I got that a lot. But, okay. Uh, yeah, that was when I was in Allen, and uh, it was actually the Allen American. Uh, yeah, it was actually a uh, a take on my a scarecrow masks that I have now, but it was made out of a Texas flag, but the, oh, okay. the star from it was just right in the middle. So it uh, <laughs> okay, so, it looked right. like Captain America. Okay, all right, and then so and then a couple of the other questions I have and. Feel free to tell me that that's none of our business. The OKS goalie thing. Uh, I actually was just wearing the shirt one time, and yeah, uh, yeah they ended up taking a picture of it, and it just kind of stuck. Yeah, I just—it's funny because I remember seeing the shirts, and then I knew you got one, and and then all of a sudden it was you, like it was your theme or whatever. Like everybody just kind of tied that to you, just you. Ran with it, yeah. And literally, so I Googled it, and if you Google world okay as goalie, you pull <laughs> a picture of Aaron Dell pulls up. <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of fun. Um, all right, so tell me, you said scarecrow mask. So tell us a little bit about what goes into your mask now. What, tell, what's the design on your mask now? Yeah, so I kind of based it off of the, the scarecrow from Batman. I, I, same thing, I went to uh, Chance, the guy who uh, helped me with my pads this year. I talked to him when I was in college. We kind of started this. I was like, I want, you know, kind of something that I can switch team to team, just kind of change colors. I can have the same theme for it, you know, kind of like a you know, like a Felix Potvin style thing, kind of simple. Yeah. And he's like, all right, let's 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 find a, a theme for it. And we, you know, threw some things back and forth and ended up uh, with the, the Scarecrow from Batman. And uh, he kind of has taken you know, his take on, on things like that and yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing since would have been my junior year of college oh very cool very cool all right so what's what's the plan now um I don't know what you can and can't say but 
What's the NHL telling you now? Rumor is 2014 is going to the playoffs. Have you guys been asked to report back at a certain date? Uh, I mean, the I think the NHLPA and the NHL are in talks with that right now, and I think it has to be, you know, voted on by the by the players at some point for legal reasons and things like that. So I I still haven't heard anything yet for the most part, but uh, yeah, it's very, you know, kind of up in the air right now. So just kind of yeah. sitting here waiting. Trying are you to... getting Are you getting any ice at all, or are you just no, not not here. Uh, uh, everything's closed. Yeah, we can't really uh, can't really do anything. I've been pretty much indoors twenty four seven, with the exception of the odd uh, walk around the block every oh, yeah, couple of days or so. You are in California. They are very strict on all that stuff right now, right? Yeah, you you have to have a mask on if you go outside, and. Uh, you know, they they won't even let you into like the grocery store or something like that if you don't have a mask on. You know, everything's really limited. You, like you, there can only be so many people in certain places. If you're standing in line, you have to be six feet apart. And, right, right. Yeah, it's weird know, times, man. It's weird times. Crazy. Um, contract wise, we do you still have time with the Sharks after this season? I don't. That that's what makes it even more. Uh, oh confusing right now is uh, my contract's up this year okay well and obviously i mean we can't ask any questions on that because nobody knows anything yeah uh, same thing i mean when when is free agency going to be so i can find out that i have no idea <laughs> <It's> so <crazy>. <laughs> such a weird time and you know your whole life's on the line for it um one of the other questions we had and i don't know if you have anything right off the top of your head but Craziest memories of playing in, in Utah? Do you have any craziest or favorite memories of being here? Uh, I I think Utah was the first time we ever did uh, a, like, pucks and paws game. Oh, yeah. The it was, poop, that was one of the first times the I – Yeah, that was the first time I ever experienced that. I think that was a pretty cool thing. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean – I, I always thought it was uh, it was crazy for, you know, a, a coast team. Like some days you you get your regular like East Coast crowd, you know, like a few hundred people or something like that. But then uh, occasionally you'd have just like a game with like eight thousand people at it. You're yeah. like, wow, this is this is crazy. Like the the fans there are actually, you know, it's, it's kind of surprising from people that you know, they're, are not from there and haven't been there, but, uh, the, the fan base there is, is very strong. Yeah. Uh, when we were in the AHL, we had, uh, we were the Dallas stars farm club and Trevor Daly played here. He's with the Red Wings now and he had a long yep. career, but he, uh, when he was here and, uh, he'd, he'd come stay at our house or, or sneak over here to watch Red, Red Wings games back in the day. And he told me, he says, undercover, Utah is like one of the best places to play. And he said, oddly, so is, so is Boise. He said, I, he yeah. never even, he never even knew what Boise was. And uh, when he got, when he got here and he played a couple of games with Boise too, he was like, this is just, these towns are so cool. And the hockey fans are cool. And the women are beautiful and the mountains are beautiful. And he's just like, I, he really liked it here. And a lot of players, I think a lot of players experience that they hear Hey, you're going to Utah, and they then people are like, "Oh, you're going over." There's a bunch of Mormons, and there's, 
you know, everything's going by the church and things are weird. Middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. You, yep. You get there and you're like, wow, this is great. Yeah. Jordan, I've been bringing you here since you were a kid, but did you ever hear like when people were finding out you were coming here, did you ever get grief or hear weird stories about Utah? Um, I never really did until I got older, you know, and then especially like when I was making the decision to move out here last year, I mean, everybody already has those, the preconceptions of this is what you're going, exactly what you said, you know, you're going to be running into the Mormon thing and um, you can't drink ever. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, like there's just all these crazy rules, but no, honestly, it's, uh, it's, it's been great. And the people have been really nice and I, I have no complaints about being here. That's cool. And you're, and I was like, you know, you're, your dad was such a legend here too, just for, he coached here for like one year, I think. Yeah. One or two seasons. I can't remember. Yeah. For back in the day. All right, Aaron. So, uh, Jordan, do you have anything else you want to add or ask Aaron? Um, nothing to ask. I just, uh, you know, Aaron, it's great to meet you and stuff. I, you know, when you, when, when I left school, I always kept track of who the guys that were, you know, were coming in and how they were doing. And, and then to, especially guys that ended up making it turning pro playing in the NHL. Um, and, you know, I, I was there and never got the chance. I know, so I know exactly how difficult it is to get there and then to also stick and how many things have to be going in the right direction. Um, so the only thing that I would say is just as from a guy that, you know, went and played seven years pro and uh, wanted to play in the NHL <laughs> worse than anything in the world, um, you know, just enjoy this as much as you can. It goes extremely, extremely quick. And when you're done, it's, I, I know it seems like you're like, oh man, I'm in the middle of my, this is my 10th year. I'm just grinding right now. But dude, it just, just it goes real quick. And uh, when it's over, it's, it's uh, a, an interesting life. So just good luck with yeah. your, with this contract coming up and, and your career. Hey, you're a big guitarist, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I'm in the process of learning Tempest from Tool right now. So that be, that's a good one for you. It's <laughs> the first thing, uh, the first thing when I started pulling Jordan into the radio station, cause we're cancel sports is also part of a couple radio stations. And I said, Jordan, you want to come start doing this podcast with me? And he goes, can I get tool tickets? <laughs> that's, that's, all I that's all I wanted. So, so anyway, man, yet, um, you know, it's, it's great talking to you, great meeting you, and I, and I just wish you absolutely nothing but the best and, and enjoy this. Thank you. I, I will. I, you know, I think I, uh, because of the road I took, I think I appreciate it a little bit more than some guys do. For sure. So, yeah, uh, yeah I appreciate that. And that's the thing, and that's, that's one of the things I wanted to touch on before we go, and because uh, we have some other Utah players, but you, you bounce a little bit for for the Utah guys to try to make it, to where they are now and we had guys that um you know same thing okay so you're only six feet tall but our guys here well you're from utah so you don't have coaching you weren't coached right when you were a kid or whatever so we have these kids that have major setbacks or a longer path we have daniel brickley that's with the kings now that um you know he didn't even get out of utah until he was 18 so that's already a huge setback and so to have to have you come in here from the central league to the coast to now being in the NHL, like I said, you just kind of fit the mold of what our guys have. And uh, uh, Garrett Metcalf right now, who's a, is a goaltender out of Utah, who's in the duck system. Um, he's got a thing called adversity university. And I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure what it is. I haven't seen it yet, but I know what the first podcast was that they're just talking about, Hey man, there, some people have an easy road, 
and some people have a harder road. And, you know, as long as you keep, keep it in sight and keep working hard and you're just an inspiration for all the people in Utah. You may have only been here for a season, but so many people have latched onto your story that I hear about you all the time. And people ask me about you all the time. And, you know, they know that, you know, you came and worked a little bit for my camp or whatever, did some sessions for me. So everybody's like, Hey, what's, tell me what's going on with Aaron and how's, how are things with him? And so just know that you, you still have a huge fan base here and, we're all pulling for you, man. We're, we're excited about what's going on and we love seeing you play more games in San Jose and wherever you end up, which we all, I hope it's still in San Jose because I love what you do with the logos and I'm excited <laughs> to see what happens the rest of your career. I'm excited to see what happens with the rest of your pads because that's always fun. I wish, I wish I could get your, uh, your pro returns, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I don't think our ankle needs the same. So no, uh, probably not. Anyway, Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show. And I guess with that, is there anything else you want to say to the to the people here in Utah? Uh, I think uh, the other thing I can say is, you know, thank you for for the support this this whole time through my career. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great to see. It. I, I know I still catch some of uh, some of it through through Facebook. I know my dad's kind of in the. I think there's like a a Utah. Uh, fan group on Facebook yep. and pretty sure my dad's in there so he uh he relays a little <laughs> bit of it to me sometimes so uh yeah I, I I do see it and uh yeah I, I really appreciate the support from everybody very cool very cool all right well we're going to be following you and hopefully we get to see the the Sharks rejoin the playoffs and the NHL finish this year and we're excited to see what happens for you all right that sounds good thank you all right, and that'll be the Utah Puck Report. Let me